0: And now on the Business Radio X Network, another exciting episode with Jamie Overturf in Connecting Tucson with Jamie.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Connecting Tucson with Jamie Overturf, where we focus on connecting our community and local businesses here in Tucson. Today, we have two very special guests with us at Stuart Title Studios. So... I know we're running a little bit behind. We're going to jump right in, okay? First, we have William Lake-Wright, who is the co-owner of Wright Business Investments, LLC, and the chief operations officer of Wright Executive Limousines. William is a former Air Force F-16 pilot and a combat veteran. He is actively involved in our community as a scoutmaster and advisor for the Boy Scouts of America. William has been married to his wife for Jennifer. For twenty-five years, and together they have two children. And I'm prob—I probably am going to butcher this, but Alendra and Dragon. You nailed it. Oh yes, thank you. All right. Well, William, thank you for your service, and thank you for being here. Um, before we go any further, can I call you Bill? Yes, please. Okay. Just wanted to make sure, so thank you. And right beside Bill, we have Austin McLaughlin, who owns and operates Crown Custom Contracting, Crown Custom Roofing, and Crown Custom Development here in Tucson, Arizona. They are a general residential remodeling, roofing, and property development development company who focuses primarily on renovations, roofing projects, and flipping houses. Austin has lived here pretty much his entire life with his whole family who was born near the Sarita, Tucson area. Is that correct, Austin? tucson Sonoida. Senoida. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. Tucson-Senoida. Well, Austin, thank you so much for being here mm-hmm. and uh, welcome. So if you're okay with that, Bill, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Go right ahead. All right. Well, you know, you didn't really have a choice because if you said no, I was anyways, right? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Bill, um, let's start off with something easy. How did you get started in the limousine industry?
0: Well, easy. That's uh, that's a good way of putting it. So, obviously, I had a um, career beforehand. So, I was in the military for 20 years. I got out. I ran a large box uh, home improvement company for a while. And then I was in the construction company. So, Austin and I have a little bit to talk about. Um, and then when I ended that, I was looking for something that was unique, uh, that was kind of a feel good job. Uh, nothing against construction; it's a great feel good job. I absolutely loved being able to put my name and leave a little bit of legacy around Tucson of being able to drive around saying, "Hey, I built that." But uh, uh, hats off to Austin; it's a tough, tough market. Yes, um, it is. So um, I left that, and I wanted something else where you know I'd be able to give a service to the community. And go home at night feeling good, but being able to leave it and uh, walk away and, you know, just say, I'm done for the day and, and go from there. So um, it was just one of those things that uh, I had driven for the military. And um, when I was up in Washington, D.C., and I decided that, hey, you know what, I'm going to buy a limousine. And I started off with one, then I got two, and I moved up from there. And it's a great company, and it's a great way to make a living.
1: So what made you think limousine service I mean, that that doesn't necessarily jump right out af- at me from military to, to limousine service. That, that doesn't seem like a natural progression. So, was there steps in between or did you just say, hey, I'm going to – that looks like a great venture. I'm going to start that.
0: Um, actually, it's funny because the way I thought about limousine service is I was just cruising the internet and I saw a limousine for sale and I said, hey, you know what? This would be fun. And I started doing the numbers and calculating it and saying, okay – can I make this viable? And I decided that I could. So I went ahead and bought it. And then so that was my first one. And then I realized the insurances and everything else were a little bit different than what I calculated. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) we went with that. And then um, I'm um, laughing
1: because, you know, insurances, but we'll we'll get to that later. Go ahead. We
0: can get to the insurances part later, but uh, went with that. And it was just going to be a little side gig at first and then decided to make it a full-time venue.
1: Wonderful. So tell us about Ride Executive Limousines. What do you do?
0: Well, we are trying to find a niche in the market. Um, when people think of limousines, I wanted them to think of the traditional style of the Hollywood, the classic town car, stretch limousine, black uh, leather interior with wood, you know, the that. Uh, obviously, there's different types of limousine services. You have airport shuttle services, sedan cars. You've got the, uh, the multi-passenger vans. You've got the party buses. Um, I wanted to focus on just my niche being the traditional stretch limousine.
1: Okay. So do you offer, you said you were trying to find your special niche. Do you offer any services out there that maybe other limousine services don't? Or is there a focus that you particularly like?
0: Well, there's a focus that I particularly like is just, uh, it's called executive limousines because we're more of an executive town car that's been cut and stretched. Um, So instead of the big flashy lights, uh, I don't have a stretched Humvee. Um,
1: I was just about to ask that, yes. but you
0: know. So, no, every, everything in our fleet is a Lincoln Town car. Um, as I said, we're trying to get that classic style. They're smaller cars, so we're not looking at the 16 passengers or the party buses up to 50 passengers. It's just six and eight passenger cars. Um, things I like the most are probably the wine tours out in Senoida. Um,
1: but you don't partake though, right? As the limo not. Ja- okay. Not as the You're driver. The driver is
0: not allowed to drink. And there is a divided compartment, so everybody in the back of the car can you know, enjoy their wine on the way there and on the way back. And, of course, during, everyone seems to have a really, really good time on the wine tours, including me, because I get to sit here and, you know, talk. Um, the drivers get to talk to the the passengers and find out a little bit about them. So, as I said, it's, it's a feel-good company. You meet new people. They're excited to see you when you pull up. They're having a great time when they're in the car. And, you know, 99.9% of the time, they're really happy when they're done with the day.
1: Well, I remember us having a conversation, and there was um, something that struck me that I didn't even think about that you offer. I mean, you talked about a day on the town with the limo going shopping and stuff. I've never heard of that. I mean, do you advertise something of that nature?
0: I do advertise that on the web page. Um, it's just an I never would have
1: thought of that. That's what it's just like. Oh yeah, go on it's and genius. And That is genius. Like genius. okay, I a don't have to deal with holiday traffic. B. I can drink while I'm shopping. <laughs> even, <laughs> so. more even more genius. <laughs> even more. <laughs> more genius. <laughs> I don't have to deal don't with. My wife. Sh- <laughs> I know, right? I don't have to deal with the stress of you know hitting the stoplight, going everywhere. Somebody else is dealing with that. I'm just sitting in the back with all of my lovely little presents, and I guess it's going to be lo- large enough for me to wrap. But like, what made you think of that type? I I don't see anybody else offering that type of service.
0: You know, when I was going through and thinking of things, a lot of people, especially up in the uh, Catalina Foothills area, don't necessarily have vehicles or they're from out of town um, and they want to go Christmas shopping and doing stuff like that. So that was one of the options there. Um, You think of limousines for anniversaries and birthday parties, quinceañeras, um, you know, those type of events. But what if you just wanted to go out? What if you wanted to take your friends in a limousine, go out to the movies Have a good time. Old Um, Tucson. Old Tucson Studios. Yes, we've done that before. Uh, And once again, you have that safety of having a professional chauffeur that drives you around. You get uh, dropped off right at the front entrance. You don't have to worry about parking. Um, When you come out, cars are there waiting for you. You go to your next venue, your safety and security, plus the luxury of a limousine. So
1: And people just, look at you when you pull up and you look super
0: look- cool. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Austin,
1: I was just gonna say you look super cool. That's exactly what it hey, is.
0: Everybody wants to know who's in the limousine. And you know, if you turn on the strobe lights and grab some attention, then everyone looks at I forgot anyway.
1: you had the strobe lights. Yes,
0: we have the strobe lights on some of the cars.
1: Okay. So it's safe to say you offer a little bit of ev- any every anything and everything. And if um, somebody has an idea, they can just say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Do you offer that service?
0: That's correct. If you have an idea for a limousine. Then we will work with you to the best of our ability to try and make your your dreams come true for the, for that. Because if you think about when people are using a limousine, it's a special moment in their life. You mm-hmm. know, whether it be a birthday party, an anniversary, a wedding, you know, you name it. Graduation. Right now, we've got um, uh, winter formals coming up, so I'm booked out this weekend with winter formals, which is great for me. Um, but those are special moments in people's lives. So all we're doing is playing a part of it and. Uh, adding to that that moment
1: okay so before we go any further you you and my listeners may not have known this about me but i've ridden in my share of limousines three to be exact i've I've ridden in three and two out of those three have actually been ride executive limousine services and i can tell you for a fact that um you are wonderful at everything you do our second time out um you made it so special. You knew my my whiskey, by the way, which is Crown Royal, which we uh, will get there in yes. a second. Um, but you made sure that there was something in there for it was our it was our tenth uh, wedding anniversary. That was something that was very special. So I wanted to say thank you. But there's. Something I, I, I always wanted to ask, but I didn't. Is there like an etiquette for passengers? Like, is there something that we should be doing or should not be doing as passengers that you you maybe want to share with our listeners out there?
0: <laughs> There's not really an etiquette uh, per se, because you have all different walks of life use a limousine. Only thing I ask is don't destroy the car. <laughs> don't, <laughs> yeah. Please don't destroy so the I, car. I've had people, I mean, it have is, you know, sense. It's, it's leather interior with wood trim, um, And I've seen people that, you know, stick their feet up on the sides and um, and it just kind of makes you bristle. But, you know, once again, we are a service. If they're renting the car, if they were going to do that, that's pretty much we have to put up with that. Now, just as long as you don't destroy things. Accidents happen. Glasses break um, and stuff. Right,
1: right.
0: No, that's not really an etiquette. Uh, I've had people hanging out the windows, you know, uh, yeah. So they've had a little bit too much alcohol and they're their spraying oh, the I was cars say, was, behind was, was us. Was alcohol
1: so. involved at that point? A lot of times in a limo, alcohol
0: is involved. But yeah. So, and that's, you know, that, that kind of violates the etiquette. But.
1: Okay. So I've made some mental notes on what I can do next time that I'm in your limo <laughs> since you said there's really no etiquette that I need to follow, just common sense. Um, so somebody else that may be doing a little bit of everything, we have Austin. So just like bill here, you didn't start off in the construction industry in the field that you're currently in now. Mm -hmm. So what prompted construction and how did you get from where you were to where you are? Because you started off in the USPS, the United States Postal Service, correct?
2: Yeah. So I got out of high school and I'd been in, not, not trouble with the law, but just being a dumb kid and moved out to Texas where my dad lives for a year Kind of figured it out came back and just kind of just went was going back to school going to go back to college got a, got just working odd jobs, whatever Then I decided school probably wasn't for me um, And, and I, that's a fair assessment Yeah, and I worked a couple different odd jobs and then I landed a job at the post office, which is a great job I actually really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's rewarding. It's you get you know, Great benefits, you know, it was, it was a really good job. Um, and while I was doing that, I, I was just moving out of the house. Um, I had just gotten my girlfriend, who's now my wife. So I was, you know, building furniture for our house. I built us a really cool bed frame. I built us an entertainment center, a coffee table, all kinds of cool stuff. And I was posting pictures on Facebook. One of my mom's friends said, Hey, can you make one of those for me? So I made one for her. And then one of her friends asked me to make one for her. So I kind of started out just making like pallet, rustic pallet furniture, stuff like that, just in the garage for fun on in the evenings, on the weekends while I was working at the post office. And then one of these people that I made a piece of furniture for said, hey, do you know how to lay tile? And I said, <laughs> I'm, and, so I'm and and I I had laid tile before. So I did have some prior experience um, in my grandmother's house, my mom's house, my dad's house. Um, but I'm the type of person that, isn't going to just, isn't going to say no to much. Um, I'll figure it out or I'll find somebody who does or I'll find help who does or I'll, I'll learn, um, you know, especially nowadays with the internet, you can pretty much teach yourself anything. But um, that kind so of scares
1: I, me sometimes though, too. Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. It um, st- scares me too. But um, I knew how to lay tiles. So I, I went and did a, um, and a lady's entire house while working at the post office and she understood the stipulations. Oh. Took me about three weeks um, just working probably, or I think I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and then in the evenings, if I got off earlier or whatever, I went and did her whole house and turned out great. And then her other friend was like, Hey, come do my house. So I went did her house and I had four tile jobs that I did while I was still working at the post office before I had lined up enough work where I was like, you know what, this is what I've always wanted to work for myself. I've always known that is what I wanted to do. I just didn't know what industry or what field it was going to be in. So I said, this is a perfect opportunity, um, took the risk, quit my job, walked in, quit. And the Never look back. Yeah. Never yeah, look back. just kept back. going. Man, you're it's, like, it's,
1: peace it's, out. Yeah, like.
2: <laughs> and then it's and it's crazy looking back at it now because I really, I just kind of had a credit card, racked up a bunch of it, buying tools, and then was just paying it off a little per job. And I just, every dollar I made straight to that, every dollar I made straight to that. And, you know, six months in, I had enough work that I'd paid off all the tools that I had. And then I bought a trailer. Then I bought a new truck. And then I paid those off and then it just kind of kept escalating it's and escalating. So and then, you know, now we're to six employees with the construction company, five employees and a business partner with the roofing company and a biz- uh, two business partners slash investors with me in the development and flipping company where we, you know, buy foreclosed and short sale homes and, and remodel them to sell to.
1: That's wonderful. But, you know, you made, a you made a good point because you had a, like a steady, safe job where, you know, you were, you had benefits and oh. you had everything that was there. So moving from that safe and secure paycheck to entrepreneurship must have been a bit intimidating. I, did you do anything to prepare yourself for that jump? Because you would be losing the benefits, you're losing that steady income.
2: Yeah. And uh, I'm a risk taker. So it, it I, And I always kind of <laughs> look at it even now, you know, I'm young the worst that's going to happen is in two or three years, I can go find a job or whatever. But I I know with my work ethic and things like that, I'll, I'll, I should be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, Really, what I did, and my wife helped a ton. At the time, was my girlfriend. Just she had just graduated college. She had just gotten a really good job. So we, you know, she, I, I was able to kind of lean on her a little bit, which was huge help. And she was super. Oh, well, um, that's good. You know, you, you've
1: taken her out to a few dinners, right? Oh,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, just a few.
1: Maybe a limo. You need a limo.
2: yeah. Well, yeah no, <laughs> just now, about to say you need now, a limo. Now I have a buddy who's Gotta got a give limo. Him my card. Yeah. And now I got a buddy with a limo, so it's and she's listening, so I'm sure she's gonna love that. Um, <laughs> So I had her 100% support um, in everything I did. And there was a lot of times where it was like, holy crap, I'm not going to make enough money this month to pay back everything I had to buy to do these jobs, you know, and, and you know, just kind of keep working. There's been a lot of nights where, I mean, I've slept in my truck at job sites. Have- I've, I've done everything, you know, and it's just kind of been... A, not no, no, there's been a ton of ups and downs, but a very fun ride. And she's been awesome in supporting me through all of it.
1: I think that's a huge key, especially when you're just starting off. Having somebody there that can support you and can help falling back can make it less intimidating. And I know I went through that when you know, I opened my own business. My husband was very supportive. So hats off to her. And oh, yeah. what great. was her name? Stephanie. Stephanie. Yes. I have him sitting right next to Bill, who has already said that he's given him his card. So <laughs> if you're listening... There's a limo in your future. Um, <laughs> but specifically, I did want to say I actually made an accomplishment this weekend. I used a power tool. I used a drill. Awesome. And now I'm just <laughs> For me, if anybody that knows me, this is actually a, a big accomplishment. Um, many people know that I'm kind of klutzy, but I used a power tool and I put up a cabinet in my in my bathroom. So I I thought I was very Accomplished at that, but I'm sure you are way more qualified than just putting up a (laughs) cabinet in a bathroom. We put up lots of cabinets. (laughs) So tell us about Crown Custom Contracting. What do you do?
2: So now we've kind of transitioned, especially with me being involved in this development company, um, to a lot more of just flipping homes and doing those full gut renovations. You know, pretty much everything out of the house. And then re-putting everything back in brand new, um, you know, even down to the roof if it needs it, HVAC systems, plumbing, whatever it kind of needs to get the house ready to go back on the market. Um, that's more of what we're doing now. We also—that's also, my nightmare
1: right there. Yeah,
2: it's it can be. There's a lot of there's a lot of houses where you go in and you get everything out and you're like, all right, this one's gonna be easy. Then there's ones where you get everything out and you go uh-oh. <laughs> and, and you know, it's about 50-50, but you take it as it comes and one one helps with the other and that's great. And then another big portion of what we're really focusing on now is working with realtors and doing binzers and, you know, the buyer inspection reports um, for the sale of the home when someone's selling a house, there's some repairs that need done, the buyer wants them done before they move in. Um, and we allow to, you know, bill to escrow and things like that to kind of take some pressure off of the seller who sometimes may not have the cash on hand to pay for the repairs, um, but, you know, it does have the equity in the home or whatever we allow you know, to build to escrow. And we do a ton of those um, work with and partner with a lot of realtors in town. So that those are the two major parts of the business. We started, I started in remodeling and grew my team. And that's, you know, we still take on some remodeling jobs, but the bulk of what we do now is kind of our own flipping stuff. That's mine and my investors, as well as the buyer inspection stuff. And then, um, we do a lot of flooring you know, I've, I've made a lot of friends in flooring, uh, through the years. Cause that's kind of how I started and where I, you know knew the most and where I was able to grow the fastest and had all the tools for. So we, we, we pretty much stay constant with floor remodels, you know, whether it's tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, anything. And and that's just kind of stuff that's run behind the scenes. I don't really have to do too much because my guys can handle the bulk of that work while I focus on more of the keeping the realtors happy and the getting the binsers done before close of escrow and, and that is important. Side. Oh yeah. Course. And it's in, and I really enjoy where we're at now because it's, it gives me a lot of freedom to work on the, those other projects that I enjoy more than being on my hands and knees laying tile. Um,
1: that can get kind of old, especially as you start getting older. I'm just like, no, that I, I need to stay upright. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, and, and I'm six foot six. So being on my hands and knees all day is not ideal. (laughs) No, it's
1: not. Not (laughs) ideal. It's kind of hard to get, climb your way back up to to the standing position. So, um, you mentioned you did some renovation too. Is, is that what I heard?
2: Yeah. So we can't, and it just kind of depends. We do work with insurance companies sometimes on, on restorations, renovation work, as far as that goes. Um, but it's all, we take it as it comes, you know, we're, we have, I've, I have yet to have had to advertise or market at all. Um, it's been all word of mouth for a little over three years and that must be nice. That's impressive. That's very impressive. I, I have yet to slow down and, and now I'm getting to the point and it sucks and it feels horrible, but to turn away work, um, or say, Hey, I have another person I can recommend who's a little less busy because a lot of people talk about remodeling their house or getting work done. And then they don't actually pull the trigger until they're ready to do it. Right. When really they should have come to us four to six weeks ago and said, Hey, I'm, What's your schedule like? Here's what we want to do. That's and what I was just
1: about to ask you. So let's just say, you know, for example, my bathroom might need to be retiled. What's the process for that?
2: Yeah, and and <laughs> and, and, and if any, if everybody listening could take any advice on remodeling your home or doing any construction work, um, always give yourself ample time. It's a there's a lot of you know demolition and and dirt and stuff that goes along with it that we like to be able to prepare for for you guys, especially if you're still going to live in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard when I go to a house to bid a job and they go, okay, when can you start? And I go, well, you know, we're booking about six weeks out right now to get you on a schedule. And they go, oh, well, we've been thinking about this for months. We want to get it done now before Christmas. And I go, well, you should have called me six weeks ago and I could have got you on the schedule. (laughs) So it's um, that, that's one big struggle that we definitely deal with um, on the remodeling side, which is why I do really enjoy being able to work, Kind of on my own flips and the bins are stuff because the houses are vacant. We know when the close of escrow date is. Mm-hmm. We know when the work has to be done. Um, there's we're not dealing with people living in the house. Um, not that it's a problem, but it just it, it's especially doing flooring or any tile work. It gets dusty and it gets dirty, and we're opening up walls and there's drywall being cut and there's a lot more that goes into it than a lot of people think when they stand back and go oh and they go to their friend's house who had their bathroom remodeled. Ask them how the the dust and the dirt was while they lived through it. So it can I, I, be,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, there is some steps and procedures that are involved. Are you one hundred percent like hands on? So, if somebody comes to you and says, "I want to remodel," um, do you purchase the tile? Do you do everything? Yeah. Are you one hundred percent, or yeah, do you have we them?
2: Can, I am. I, I really enjoy the design side of a lot of stuff. I wouldn't consider myself a designer by any means. Um, I understand what's kind of trending at times and what's modern and what's, you know, people like. Or if, you know, I want the Santa Fe style or I want the Southern style or I want, you know, the modern modern grays and whites style or I want the shaker cabinets. Or, and, you know, I'm really good about being able to point people in the right direction. Um, but like I said, nowadays with the Internet, I, I literally just tell people, hey, if you want to get on um, – oh what's it called and why am i blanking now what's the youtube house? no um, housecom no yeah house.com house. com okay. house and um oh there's another one that all the girls use for all their Stuff, but I okay.
1: use Pinterest. Pinterest. Okay, I was gonna I say tell is people, Pinterest. Oh, I'm
2: like, I can't think about it. No, yeah, I tell people all the time: get on Pinterest and look for. That's bath- why you have
1: me here. I help on, feed exactly. you the answers.
2: Get on Pinterest and find the find the bathroom you like, and find the kitchen you like, okay. and, I, and I can help you guys design it around that. But no, we do everything down to purchasing material, um delivering material, demo, uh, start to finish, A to A to Z. Um, nice. We handle everything, so it's
1: perfect. So, um. That's super interesting. What is the most interesting project you've taken on or what's your favorite project to tackle?
2: Um, well, I don't, I mean, I really enjoy doing kitchens just because, especially if somebody... I need a kitchen Especially redone. if somebody wants to put a little money into their kitchen because I, I love to cook. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. My wife likes to cook. We spend a lot of time in the kitchen cooking. And my kitchen, I did, I, I at the time, I wish I would have done it better. Um, or a little differently, but I, I really enjoy doing kitchens, especially, you know, gourmet kitchens or, or chef kitchens where people like really enjoy cooking and want to kind of go and get, get the, give themselves all the options that a kitchen nowadays can offer. Um, that, that I really enjoy as far as the most interesting job we've ever been on. Um, we,
1: Or is there a horror story? No, well, no,
2: I mean, there was just, it was, it was, it was one of, it was a super fun job. One of my favorite ones I've ever done working for one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, But I went over there and he had gone to Home Depot and designed up his kitchen, which is fine by all means. Um, It's fine. And it turned out being a great kitchen, but he had went and purchased his cabinets from Home Depot. And um, he met someone in there who recommended me and called me out. And all he wanted to do was a shower. Couple hundred thousand dollars later, and his whole house <laughs> was completely redone. Um, but it, one thing led to another and every time i'm there he's like okay we're going to tear this wall down now okay and we're going to move this outlet over here oh and my fireplace i want to build it out and inset the tv oh and then it's just every single day we went to the job it was one thing after another after and it was awesome it was a super fun project because it was just kind of like by the seat of your pants you never know what you're going to walk into every day and he was like all right we're moving this ductwork on the roof and it just that that was a super fun job
1: so how did you bid that time out i just was trying to figure it
2: <laughs> Like I said, by the seat of my pants, it was just kind of like, he's like, all right, we're moving this ductwork on the roof. What do you think? Um, let me call my HVAC guy. (laughs) But, um, it, it was just, you know, that, that was a super fun job. We ended up literally the entire house got completely gutted while they lived there. And it was an awesome, I mean. Everything down to the roof being redone, the exterior paint, the windows being replaced. I mean, we literally. It
1: sounds like you get to have a little fun on your job.
2: Oh, yeah. They're fun. I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: Oh, well, that's good. But in talking about interesting, I bet I know this gentleman next to you has probably seen some interesting stories.
0: (laughs) One one or two.
1: One or two. Would you care to share? What's the most interesting story that you've, you've uh. Can tell us without using any names. Are
0: we talking <laughs> construction or are we talking about limousines?
1: Let's do limousines because, okay. you know, that is your business. Yes,
0: it is. <laughs> um, well, we, we talked about, you know, the etiquette. I had a group of gentlemen that were out celebrating a birthday party up in Phoenix. And it's $500 if you throw up inside the car. And a lot of people think that's an amazingly high price but you have to understand, it takes the car out of service. Austin's day. he said, no, it's really an, not. An, for an <laughs> entire affordable. day. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> affordable. Also, awesome. like, I'm renting a limo. <laughs> so, oh, no. But it takes the limo out of service for a day because it has to be cleaned and it has to have, you know, ozone they in have there. They like, quarantine it, don't oh, they? it does. It's, it's, it's bad. It's
1: like bodily fluids, right? Yeah.
0: So I knew I was in trouble because at the end of the night, they were all fighting at who got to sit next to the windows. Oh no! And we're driving down the 202 in Phoenix, and the windows are down, and they're taking turns just vomiting out the windows. And they oh, are—they are spraying all the cars behind us. It's like this cloud of vomit, and and I'm like, they're not inside the car. The outside of the car is a wreck. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my producer is making the funniest faces right now. And you
0: just—you just have to go with it. But uh, that was probably one of the. More okay. exciting ones.
1: I will make a note to not do that to you. <laughs>
0: yes, please. Did
2: they throw up inside the car? They did not. They, oh, they, my goodness. Do they still get charged 500 for the outside? Nope, because I can wash the outside. Yeah, the outside <laughs> is pretty inside, easy. Inside, as
0: I said, you got that nice leather. you got the carpet. I would have
2: tipped you probably an extra 100 bucks at least. They have contracted with me several times after the fact. Oh, okay. So,
1: so that's good, though. That's good. So you've got return customers. You <laughs> yes. were very awesome. Okay, so... I, I at first thought he was gonna say me, but that's okay. you know. <laughs>
0: no, yours was fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you you always do find a way to make things special, and I, I do thank you that was you you go out of your way, so just don't ignore my calls. I was just hoping that you were you know not gonna.
0: Every know. single customer is different and unique. <laughs> so you know, whether it's going to old Tucson studios or birthday parties or anything else, they're right. all unique and it's getting to know those people and there's a lot of personality here in Tucson. Uh, and in Phoenix and the surrounding areas. So getting to know them is, is really the most fun part of the job. And once you get to know them a little bit, then if you do have repeat customers, as you said, you can play on those little facts and just make the experience that much more enjoyable.
1: Exactly. And I think that's probably why we always will continue to go back to you as long as you keep answering the phone calls and being like, yeah, sure, you can come in. Yeah. You know, you don't hit that, oh, it's Jamie, ignore, ignore, ignore. <laughs> Anyways, um, we... <sighs> We had talked prior to coming on the show, and are there any misconceptions that maybe there are about the limousine service that you might want to clear up?
0: Um, well, as I said, it really all depends on who you go with. There's, there's several limousine companies here in Tucson, um, and a lot of people always think that they can fit as many people as they want inside a limousine. And we specialize in six and eight passenger limousines, which <laughs> legally and as an insurance agent, Jamie, you understand this?
1: Yes, I do. You have eight
0: seat belts, you can fit eight people in that car. Um, we always try have people try and push the limits. Oh, there's small people, they can fit in here. Yes, but the car is rated actually it's a weight rating. It's it's not a ah, number rating, but okay. it is also based on the amount know, of seat belts. But overall it's a weight rating. So if you try and put, you know, ten people in a car that's rated for eight, then you're going to have some problems on there. There are larger cars. There are, you know, there's a company here in town that, you know, specifically focuses on large limousines. There's the party buses. There's all kinds of stuff to do. But yeah, um, we do six and eight passengers. So, um, that's
1: so much- make sure that when you're booking the limousine, you make sure you know how many people are going to be in that limousine, correct? And
0: yes. Um, I actually had someone book a six passenger limousine the other day and they put, 10 passengers in the notes. They said 10 passengers. I'm like, 10 passengers will not fit in a six passenger limousine unless we want to do shuttle runs back and forth, which I'm more willing to do. But, um, so did
1: they change the booking?
0: They did. They wound up getting two cars.
1: Okay. I was going to say they they needed to get two vehicles. And I,
0: I, that's one of the first questions I ask when they call in is how many people are you looking to transport? And if they're looking to get everybody in one limousine, I have no qualms whatsoever of sending them to one of the other limousine companies. I I know most of the other limousine operators here in town, and I'll send them the business. I know what their special niches are. So if they're looking for sedan service, I can send them to a sedan company. If they're looking for a party bus, I can send them a party bus. You know, a 16-passenger limousine, I can send them there.
1: So it's not as cutthroat as, you know, other?
0: It is not. And I've I've gotten calls from you know other companies saying, hey, this person's looking for this style of limousine. That's what you offer. So um, it's actually a really nice group of people. I know them, as I said, almost all, the majority of them. There's the uh, limousine, corp- not corporation, but a uh, group of limousine operators, and we all operate pretty well.
1: Wonderful. So I know you're very active in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do?
0: I am very active in the Boy Scouts. Um,
1: so, you Are you uh, an Eagles?
0: I got my Eagle Scout okay. 29 years ago as of November 29th. So okay, I'm pushing on 30 years of when I got my Eagle Scout here in Tucson with Troop 100, which no longer exists. Um, so, and it's, it's kind of a funny story because I got my Eagle Scout and then I went away to the military. And when I came back, I went to look up my Scoutmaster and I couldn't find him anywhere. And so I contacted, you know, one of the assistant Scoutmasters and he told me, unfortunately, that my Scoutmaster had passed away. So oh. I never actually got to thank him for pushing me because as a teenage boy, uh, there's other things that come into life Besides, you know, going to get your Eagle Scout, and I was a lot more interested in those other things. So he really pushed me to, you know, finish up. And I didn't realize at the time the benefits that it would have offered me uh, later on in life for being an Eagle Scout. Uh, so I never got to thank him. And so I decided that in my thanks to him, I would get involved with the Scouts. And so I became a Scoutmaster myself. And then I was a Cubmaster for the the youth, so from kindergarten through fifth graders, I was a Cubmaster for them. And then I also got involved with venturing, which is for 14- to 21-year-olds and focuses on high adventure scouting. So, indoor skydiving, quads, Class 5 rapids. I mean, the really, really fun stuff.
1: Class 5 rapids.
0: Class 5 rapids, yes. We went whitewater rafting uh, three times now. So, we took uh, a bunch of kids down the coast of California in the tall ships, the big wooden ships. So... That's that's venturing. It's it's a little bit more exciting than just. And
1: these aren't young kids in class. I'm I'm like thinking, okay, the insurance agent and me just went woo woo woo. woo." No, (laughs) they're they're teenagers, right? They're not like five or six. Venturing is fourteen to
0: twenty one, and and yes, we we launched a few on some of the rapids, (laughs) and you know had to get them back into the boat. But um, you know it's all safe and it's all good. That's why you said indoor skydiving. We can't throw them out of an airplane. That's that's against the rules, right? Yeah, yeah. But indoor skydiving, they still get the same thrill. And they Let's get to spin see. around and fly. So where ways.
1: is there indoor skydiving around here that I'm not aware of?
0: Yes, there is up in Eloy.
1: Oh, Eloy, because that's where they do the, the they they do real the skydiving. skydiving up there, but they actually
0: have the wind tunnel up there as well. Okay, and they train a lot of the Olympic skydiving teams and everything else because it's a controlled environment. So, but we took ours out to uh, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Oh, we were I... driving to the National Jamboree, which is a huge gathering of scouts from all over the nation um, in West Virginia, and it was a 21 day trip, and we. Went indoor skydiving, went splunking 21 stories underground uh, where we made them fit through holes that, you know, if their if uh, hard hat would fit through, then their bodies would fit through. And it really boosts their confidence and lets them know that there's really no limit if they put their mind to it, what they can accomplish. And they got to do everything. So it was a lot of fun.
1: That is phenomenal. I, I, I don't, I mean, I've been skydiving, but it's been a tandem skydiving. I, I'm afraid to jump out of a plane on my own because the clutch that I am, I'm figuring I might not hit that little like pull tab that I need to pull or you know I might get, I might surpass the limit of what is it 5,000 feet that you need to like pull something I'm not 100% sure I'd just be sitting there like oh that ground's getting really close well. <laughs> I should probably do something <laughs> I don't
0: know <laughs> I had a dive instructor that uh, told me that if your chute doesn't open you have the rest of your life to figure it out <laughs> so and, and if you really think about that one it makes a lot of sense and the other oh, saying you say it's not goodness. the fall that kills you it's a sudden stop at the end so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to make sure that shoot comes yeah, out. Yes.
1: So my goodness. So if you're just joining us today, you are listening to Connecting with Tucson with Jamie, where small businesses come together to talk business. Connecting Tucson is brought to you by the Jamie Overturf Insurance Agency, and we are broadcasting live from Stewart Title Studios here in Tucson. And today we have... Bill, who is uh, with Wright Executive Limousines, and then we have Austin, who is with Crown Custom Contracting. So thank you two again for being on. So I'm going to get back into it. So Austin, I'm going to go back to you. Running your own business is definitely hard work, and I don't think everyone's prepared to put in the time, the hours, and the money, or even making the connections that it takes to make lasting and sustaining businesses stay in business. So, so many fail within that first year or two. Uh, How did you financially and mentally prepare for entrepreneurship and how did you keep yourself in business? Because you're obviously doing well. What's the key to your success?
2: I don't think there's necessarily one key. Um, I definitely think you have to just kind of always try and look forward, stay positive, keep keep working, keep doing what you're good at. You're always going to have Times where you struggle or trying to get into parts of it that you aren't necessarily maybe good at or you, where you're going to lose a little money or lose a little time um, or, or and you're definitely not going to make friends with everybody you meet because unfortunately there are a lot of people out there that aren't as nice as some. Um, but I, I would say, you know, always just trying to have a positive attitude with everything with everything you do. Um, work ethic, I think, has probably been my biggest um the biggest thing I've done to be successful in if I have to stay up late, you know in the beginning, I was doing all the labor, all the bookkeeping i I hired an accountant about a year and a half after I started and I was trying to do everything myself because I would just you know do the research and learn because I was interested in it and I wanted to learn how to do it. Um, and then I got to a point to where I was too big to do that stuff, so I passed that on. And then I got to a point to where I wasn't doing the labor as much anymore. I was just out bidding jobs and gathering material and doing design work that I could come back into doing the bookkeeping and the payroll and the accounting and then teaching myself how to do all that, you know, stay up till 11 midnight and wake up at 5 a.m. and go to work. So you do sleep? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Cause <laughs> no, I I, <laughs> I try to get as much sleep as I can, especially with, you know, I I do a lot of in, in construction and I'm sure you know, you do a lot of driving. Um, I'm all from one job site to the next to Home Depot, 10 trips a day to Home Depot. Um, I know all about driving. Yeah, my, yeah, like, exactly. Construction and limos. I was like, going see if you were going to say yeah. something, but I didn't. So. Yeah. And, um, at first I loved Home Depot. It was my favorite place to be. Now I dread it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I definitely think you have to have a really strong work ethic to to be an entrepreneur and run your own business. You have to have amazing people skills, not only in dealing with employees and dealing with customers, but you know, just treating everybody like you would want to be treated if exactly. you were in their position. Um, I would say the the number one biggest success for me is all my employees who are amazing. Um, the guys that work for me are great. I treat them like family, um, you know, always overcompensate them for what they're doing, make sure that they're appreciated. Um, that that's been a huge help for me because I know I can rely on them to take care of stuff if I can't be there or if, you know, if I'm doing something else, um, you know, having good people around you is, is a huge thing. And and whether it's friends or family, when I first quit my job, you know, my family was kind of like, Well, you're not, all my family are college graduates, have master's or bachelor's degrees. And it was kind of like college was really the only option. And my grandmother was the same way, college, college, college. And now obviously they, they, that's not a question for me at college. Just wasn't for me, but you know, always just trying to stay, you know, I never really got upset or any, I just kind of worked through everything and stayed positive through it all, had a strong work ethic Worked Like I said, in the, uh, you know, spend if you're on a job and it's got to be done tomorrow and you got to sleep in your car so you can wake up in 4 hours and start again, you know, whatever it takes to to kind of get the job done, that was my the biggest I attribute most to my success is, you know, just a strong work ethic, treating people, um, really well, especially customers and, you know, having good people skills. Those are all in, in my industry, some industries, you know, you don't need that if you're sitting behind a computer, e-commerce, things like that. Mm-hmm. This, those are some industries that I have friends and family and who, where you don't have to have a great personality and you don't have to be, you know, people oriented. But, um, as far as my success goes, definitely a strong work ethic is, is probably the,
1: Okay and you know what Bill I'm going to ask you the same question because you know there's so I see so many businesses come and go in that first it's usually the first 2 years where I think mm-hmm. they're like oh I didn't anticipate the taxes or oh I didn't ex- anticipate I'd actually have to go out and market or Oh my gosh. Insurance
0: costs. (laughs) Yeah. Insurance costs.
1: (laughs) Okay, guys. Okay. Let's (laughs) side topic. But seriously, seriously, like what, how, how you're obviously very successful. You've been doing this a while. Why do you think you're so successful and other companies are coming and going? What makes, what makes you so successful in what you're doing?
0: Well, I was told when I first started this to start small and grow slowly. Um, So, as I said, I started with one car, then I got two cars, three cars, four cars, and I, you know, grew from there. But really what it's all about, and as Austin mentioned, it's the customer service. It's the attention to detail. And uh that attention to detail is everything so it's the little bottle of crown royal in the car um, the, the
1: big bottle of crown royal yeah, was that I, was, just, yeah it was, just it was, just it was a it nice there. full
0: decanter <laughs> for <Crown> my limo <laughs> you'll need a handle when i order mine you need to <laughs> so, handle a crown please but it is a, it's those little attentions to detail it um is. so if it's a birthday you know telling them happy birthday you know the white gloves uh, we actually have you know during the winter time we don't do it during the summertime, but during the winter time we actually wear white gloves uh, and it serves two purposes. One, it shows that attention to detail that we are giving that white glove treatment to the customer. And two, it helps wipe off the fingerprints off the black paint on the car, so which will collect <laughs> dust. And, and look. But,
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
0: so there, there's a little selfie to it, but Dual it really purpose. does stand out. Um, you know, we wear the black or charcoal gray suits with a bright red tie. You see I'm wearing red today. Not everyone on the radio can see that, but that's kind of our trademark is the red tie and the white gloves. And so we kind of marketed ourselves of that quality and attention to detail and the focus on customer service because that's really what you're doing. If you're renting a limousine, you're not just renting a transportation. You can go get a car and you know have your friend drive you as a designated driver, but you, you want that full experience. So my chauffeurs are all professional chauffeurs. They've been driving for a long time, and they understand that – you know, they need to pay that extra attention and make sure that it is the best experience as possible. Yeah, it's
1: not like you're, you're getting an Uber or something that's out there to have...
0: No, and as a matter of fact, um, you know, people who drive for Uber or, you know, Lyft or taxi cabs don't make good limousine drivers because those industries, they want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible so they can get their next fare and make more money. In the limousine world, they're renting the car for the experience,
1: and so, the time and everything. So for the
0: time. So it's, there's no rush. And and I have to tell that to a lot of drivers that are coming on. Take your time getting there. And, you know, one of the tests is, you know, I put a wine glass and I fill it with wine and I put it in the back. And, like, you have to drive around town. and You cannot spill this wine glass. You cannot knock it over. So because it's just to take that time. Uh, because if you spill a bottle of wine on somebody in the back, they kind of get upset about that. So Kind of, it, just, it just is. a little. When you're talking about a 28-foot-long car. You know, going around corners. There's special ways to take corners. Um, there's no U-turns made. So, yeah. It, wow, I
1: was da- that just kind of blew my mind for a second. No U-turns. I was like, I have to just do a U-turn, like whip it around. You can't because you're in a nice stretch. No, you gotta, yeah, you gotta make you have right to precalculate turns.
0: parking. You know, on, and luckily, you know, when you have drivers that drive a lot within the community, they know the areas and they know, okay, I can get the car in through this way and I can get it out this way. I'm gonna to have to back up, make a 14-point turn in order to get in and out of places. Uh, so that's where the experience comes in. Uh, you don't want to be going, you know, and hit a, a pothole and knock everybody in the exactly. back. Exactly. So.
1: so, I know we talk a lot about businesses, and you know, Austin, sometimes you get a few hours of sleep. But to me, I think it's very important that you know we need to take a step back and actually maybe unwind for the day. Or is there something that you do to help yourself decompress? Are we gonna?
0: Are we talking to Austin or me? (laughs) We're going (laughs) to go to you. She was looking at you. I'm looking
1: at
2: you,
0: She was looking at me. (laughs) 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 I'll
1: go to you, Bill, and then we'll go back to you because I'm going to ask you guys the same questions. I know. So, yeah, yeah, we're good. What about Uh, you?
0: It's not so much of a decompress. Uh, As the business has grown, obviously, I've hired more people to take care of more things. Uh, When I first started, I did it all. You know, I maintained the cars. I polished the cars, waxed them, washed them, vacuumed them, you know, and did everything, drove everything. And then I started hiring more drivers. I have mechanics that work on the cars for me. Now I have people that I take it to, to do, you know, the wax and polish and shines. So that frees up a lot of time and I can focus on just the scheduling, um, and the daily activities of the business. Um, and I have a CPA too. So
2: I do as now as well. (laughs) I think that's
1: almost mandatory for being a business owner in some respects,
0: (laughs) but quite honestly, I love driving. Okay. So um, as I said, it's getting to meet those people and uh, sharing those events. So anytime that there's a wine tour, I try and jump on those. You know, that's a Saturday thing or Saturday Sunday. So you can do them during the week, but I try and jump in on those and just spend eight, ten hours with you know customers and having a lot oh, of fun. That's nice. So and if there's a special event, you know, and I can jump in on it, then I will and I'll get to drive. And there's there's not a lot of need to decompress in this job. As I said in previous careers that I had. Uh, there was, and you'd have a stressful day, and you need to find some way to vent about it, and you know, move on to the next day. For this one, it's kind of like I get home, I'm like, oh, that was that was a great day. We went did this, and they laughed, and you know, had a good time. And it's just the only thing I really have to worry about is you know, washing the car, turning it around for the next next event.
1: Nice, Austin. Awesome. How about you? Besides some crown,
2: yeah, a little crown. um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy spending time with my family. We, we, I have a lot of family on my mom's side here in town. We get together a lot, play cards, drink, have dinner, hang out. Ooh. We do that a lot. And then, you know, I have a razor side by side. Me and my wife like to take that out and go riding out by our house in Vail. Um, those are just some things that, you know, get your mind off of work. And, you know, I love movies. I'm a movie, movie guy. Movie so, though. Yeah. I like watching movies. So watch a lot of movies. I haven't actually watched as many in probably the last two years as I did in previously, um, get trying to get back to that. You know, I used to watch like a movie a night every every night, which was, which was awesome. It was a lot of fun, but you know, don't really have that time anymore, but still, you know, relaxing, watching movies, doing something that takes my mind completely off of work or anything else I have going on and just being able to focus on what's going on in front of me. If I'm in the razor out driving, it's definitely not you know, driving in the desert, my mind is now nowhere near work. So those are just all <laughs> I hope things. I not. Yeah. Focus
1: on the rocks <laughs> yeah, and exactly. the little critters that like to what I call kamikaze out in front of you. Like there's suicide squirrels or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> bees. Bees, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I thought I for sure you de- were <laughs> going to say that the bees decompress you because you have three hives in your backyard that I am super scared to step on the property so I don't get stung. I thought that was going to come out, but no, no bees.
0: Yeah. Those are my personal... Uh, <laughs> home protection system. I do have three apiaries on my property and I do keep bees. Uh, just one of the small things. I have goats, I have chickens. One dogs, of the many cats. things. Yeah, many things. So that is, actually, I think there's more stress sometimes than they're decompressing, but uh, you know, you have to feed them. And, but yeah, it's a great little uh, ranch. The, the goats are always happy to see their herd animals. So they see you as the, the leader of the herd and they always scream for food when As soon as you feed them, they're happy.
1: I just hear that goat screaming in the background off of YouTube. Oh, yeah.
0: When they're hungry, they'll let you know. And the same (laughs) thing with chickens, you know. But the bees are kind of fun uh, until they become Africanized and then they're not fun anymore. I did have that. I have Italian bees currently, and they give me about uh, 20 to 40 pounds of honey every year. So, and with that honey, you can make all kinds of new stuff. And you don't
1: have Africanized bees anymore, correct?
0: No, I actually walk, the, the Italian bees are actually very calm. Uh, so
2: I just okay, out. Okay, wait, there's different
1: types of bees.
2: There are. Yeah. So. Every country has its own bee. Yeah. Really? And, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, there are American bees. Uh, Did I
1: not know this?
0: <laughs> most of the bees that they use for commercial are either Italian or Russian bees. And <laughs> there's
1: Russian bees? There are. <laughs> I think uh, of the Russian mob <laughs> right now. I'm not quite sure.
0: And they're not nearly as mean as the African ones. Oh so, but God. I went walking out to the hives, and I don't usually carry a suit or wear a suit right. or wear a veil if I'm just checking on the hives. And all of a sudden I got smacked right in the forehead and stung. It wasn't even a warning. If if mostly Italian bees are going to warn you, they're going to hit you in the forehead, but they don't sting you. They just kind of give you a warning says back up. And that's when you kind of just leave them alone. But this one just nailed me right in the forehead, and I got stung like a bullseye. And then as soon as that one stung me, they all started coming after me. Because, yeah,
1: once, isn't there yeah. like a little bee signal that they send out once you get stung? <laughs> once to like- they
0: sting you, it, their stinger stays within your skin and actually kills the bee. Um, because it rips out their abdomen, and that oh. releases a pheromone, a, a which alerts all the other bees that hey, you know, Bob just died defending the colony. Let's oh, let's go God. in for Bob. And so I pulled a Monty Python, run away, run away, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm running. But I was swallowed. I mean, if you've seen the <laughs> the original movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, with uh, uh, where he goes to Mars trying to total recall, okay, and the big lady going through. Customs going, two weeks. That's what I looked like. My face was all swollen up. and Oh, my you know, goodness. It was all lopsided. And this is
1: why I won't be stepping foot on your property, because so. I don't want to die.
0: Oh, no. So. I, I took care of that problem. So they're Problems no longer down. Africanized bees. That was that was quick and taken care of real fast.
1: Okay. We, we will leave that one for another discussion <laughs> on how you took care of an Africanized colony of bees, because I'm sure that... I know I'll have lots of questions, so we're just going to go with that one. Only
0: one bee had to die.
1: I, I okay. Oh my!
2: You only got stung one time in that whole thing.
0: Oh no no no! I said only one bee had to die as far as changing it from an African colony. Oh, to
2: okay. the I, I colony. thought you were talking about when you got stung. I'm like, yeah, you got lucky running out of there with <laughs> one. No,
0: I got stung well over a dozen times.
1: Uh yeah. See no 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 no. <laughs> Uh, okay anyways we're gonna move on from that topic so um, bees i, I oh, it's okay i I'm, I'm good i'm good
0: Jamie loves bees
1: i do love i love the honey let's just put it that way honey, honey is good honey, honey is good honey is good bees bad honey good bees bad um but i do have one question and i ask actually ask two questions for all of my um guests that come on the show I find Tucson to be a unique style of doing business specifically for my insurance industry they want to get to know me they want to make a connection and before they'll even you know start talking to me and giving me some of their business but I like it because I like to make those connections and I like to you know get to know everybody do you find that Tucson is a little bit different doing business than let's say Phoenix or Texas percent I'll go to Austin
2: Yeah. I think Tucson is extremely diverse. Um, obviously we're a snowbird town, so we've got a lot of elderly people that come down here during snowbird season. We've got large communities of, you know, people that come and go here for half the year, gone for half the year. Um, we're a college town, even though we're a lot bigger than most college towns. So Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of, you know, younger kids down by the university in that whole area. Um, you know, I, I extremely diverse in, 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 different communities and areas that you go. Um, and that definitely, you know, is we don't do a lot of work down by the U of A, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, you know, construction and remodeling going on on residential properties down there. A lot of them are older homes being rented by students and things like that. So those aren't really a priority for those people to get them, you know, looking nice. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of times where, when we're when we're doing jobs for for snowbirds or things like that, it's like hey, we're gonna be gone for six months, remodel our house, and we'll come back to a new home.
1: Oh, nice! Um,
2: but yeah, Tucson's very um, very interesting town. A lot of different, you know, a lot of different people. Um, I've met all walks in what I do, and it's been super fun. Um, but as as far as you know, I think everything every place has something special to offer. Tucson's definitely special. I was born and raised here. I love it. It's definitely there's no other place I've ever been like it with. The, the weather and the mountains and the desert and being able to kind of have everything right here, um, it, it's, I I definitely love it for its beauty, but okay. um, yeah, it's it's cool. Definitely
1: diverse and D- yeah, just diverse and, and
2: and lots okay. of culture here for sure.
1: How about you? Do you how do you find doing business in Tucson differs, or do you, or do you?
0: I'm gonna piggyback off what Austin said about uh, the snowbirds and the college students. Um, when you think about Tucson, it doubles over the winter time. Mm-hmm. So with all the snowbirds coming in, the college students. And in the summertime in the limousine business, uh, my first two years, it was like crickets. So because all my customers were the snowbirds or the college students. And so I really had to diversify and figure out how am I going to get customers that actually live here because there's very few Tucson natives that actually stay in Tucson their entire yeah. lives. Um, but the people who actually live here during the summertime and finding that business, you know, keep me going. And really what I did was I just pretty much shut down over the summertime. Uh, We would still do the airport runs and everything else. But then I would go up to Mount Lemmon and run the Boy Scout camp up there for the entire summer, which is really nice because it's 85 degrees. I was going to say, in the summer,
1: Mount Lemmon is phenomenal. So
0: It worked out beautifully for me because I would sit there and run the Boy Scout camp and provide that training for them, the merit badges and all the fun, and stay out of the Tucson heat. And then I would come back down right as camp was over get everything going back up. And we really run our busiest season is from, you know, end of August when the college is coming back in, September, October, when all the snowbirds are coming back in. We're currently running into, as I was talking about, the winter formals. We've got Christmas and Thanksgiving, that goes on. And then after New Year's, well, New Year's is also a big one. And then you've got, you know, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, those are big. And then, of course, we've got prom, which is by far biggest season and graduation. And then, we have June and July and beginning of August, which is just cricket, cricket, cricket. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to find something. And when you think about it, what's what's the other areas such as weddings? You know, a lot of not a lot of people are getting married in Tucson in June and July. So um, true. Really had to That'd find what's going to be that niche. And it's going to be, you know, the around town service. You know, do you want to drive or do you want us to drive you? You can go yeah. shopping. I go I'd never movies.
2: thought of that. And that's super cool. And I'm definitely down to do that because I can get six or eight of my family members and friends. You could take us cruise around. We've And we've talked about it before going like brewery hopping or, you know. Oh, definitely. T- or or even just down to Sonoy I think he just
1: hit his his niche, brewery exactly. hopping. And yeah. I, I, I see booze as a common theme in a lot exactly. that he talks about. So. And, yeah.
2: Well, it's the industry, right? I <laughs> know, right? <laughs> it is. You can't
0: drink and drive. When- I had some kids uh, contract me to literally just drive them around town. And the one thing they really wanted to do Was go to Whataburger, and they wanted to go through drive through at Whataburger in a limo. In a limo, yep. And so I've had to find a find a Whataburger that had a A long enough drive through that you, yeah. Yep. So I wasn't sitting there going forward, back, forward, back, making the turns. But we did. We pulled up. They placed their order. We went through. They picked it up, and that was the highlight of their day. (laughs) That's really all they wanted to do, besides drive up and down the roads and just be in the limousine and. As I said, teach their own. Teach their their own, own. absolutely.
1: Uh, All right, we're coming up to our last question that I ask everybody because I said there was two. Austin, what do you uh, consider to be your biggest regret or either in business or personal life?
2: Um, regret, wow, you make me. He's over here, like, oh, I guess it's time to think about this. <laughs> oh, thank god, <laughs> she um, you first. I, know. I really, really try to not have any regrets. Okay. I don't want to cop out of the answer by any means. Um, I try to, like I said, I try to stay positive about everything. So, if I if I mess something up or I do something wrong, uh, I'm gonna either Fair try enough. and figure out how to not do it again or how to fix it. Rather than try and dwell on anything negative that happened, so I try not to have any um, any regrets. I would say um, the biggest thing that I that I regret in business is in the beginning thinking that I needed other people around me mm-hmm. and to to help me with my business when it was a lot more work doing it by yourself um, and not having partners or people there to back you or do things when you aren't there. Um, but just being way too trusting that would be my biggest regret and trusting okay. certain people to help me or, th- or that I thought would be there for me that weren't. Um, and then that, that's the biggest regret I have, but I still wouldn't call it a regret. It was a learning experience. Learning experience. Okay. Exactly. I learned a lot from, from those people that were there and then weren't there. Um, and and that's kind of helped me tailor everything to where it is now, and you know be very picky about who I partner with and who I work with, um, especially when it comes to business and finances because that's you know important stuff. But perfect. that's 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 probably my biggest regret.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, you had some time to think, Bill. So um, what... yeah,
2: yours better be good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mine is good. Dang. Okay. Well, go for it. <laughs> I don't believe in regrets. I don't. I don't believe in them at all. Um, you make your life's decisions. Mm-hmm. Um. And if they're right or wrong, it's how you react to those life decisions. So if you make a mistake, how do you overcome that and how do you press on? Uh, as my kids will tell you, one of the things I always say is there's no such thing as failure in life. The only failure is when you stop trying. Mm-hmm. So I may not might not have succeeded at everything I've tried to do on the first try. Um, so, okay, that one didn't work. Let's move on. Let's try it a different way and keep going from there. Perfect. I've done a lot of things in my life. And, you know, I'm very proud of saying anything I've ever put my mind to, I've succeeded in doing. Um, And I try and pass that on to the youth that I work with, with my own kids of, you know what? You make a decision. Go with it. So if it's right or it's wrong, stand behind it and say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do it this way from now on. If it was right, then keep going with it. I like that. In the fighter pilot realm of things, we're making decisions at 800 miles an hour. You know, split second decision making and you don't have time to turn around and say, ooh, did I do the right thing? It's nope, already took this course of action. I've got to (laughs) You gotta gotta follow through with that course of
1: action or something's gonna go
0: horribly wrong. So that's really kind of focused everything on the way I make my decisions. And and I have no regrets. I wouldn't change anything in my life. Have I made a lot of mistakes? Oh, yeah. But they've molded me into the person that I am today. And if I had changed one of those things, I wouldn't be that same person. I wouldn't have the same contacts, the friends, the network, and everything else. So there's no such thing as regret. I
1: like that. I I might have to steal that answer, too. Both of you, wonderful. Thank you. Um, First, Finally, I'd like to go ahead and tell Austin and Bill, thank you for coming on Connecting Tucson. I really appreciate you being here. For those of you that are listening or downloading, please feel free to check out our website. You can uh, see Bill's red shirt um, and uh, get their mug shots on there as well. Um, but I always end it. Austin, how can they contact you if they would like to your services?
2: Crown Custom Contracting on Facebook, crowncustomcontracting.com. The link is on the website that she just said in mm-hmm. here, so you can find me on there. Perfect. Um, give me a call. I'd love to meet you.
1: All right. And Bill?
0: Like to say I already liked your Facebook page, so you'll notice that today.
1: Ouch! <laughs> Better relike them. Yeah,
2: I'll find so, you and relike you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So same thing. We have uh, the web page is write executive limousines.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything else. So uh, right executive limousines, right with the W, like the Wright brothers. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, and then right. of course you can contact us by phone, which most people in Tucson like to do. Uh, we do have online booking, but they like to call and talk to a person
1: live absolutely all right well that's all we have time for with connecting tucson uh with jamie uh please feel free to check us out next month when we have some more exciting guests for you guys to meet